Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Well, tonight we bow our heads and we pray to a God that's alive. We bow our heads and we raise our hearts to you, Lord, because human thinking and human speaking, like I'm doing right now, cannot change the hearts of humans. Only the Spirit can. And so, Lord, unless you breathe on these words, unless you confirm them by your Spirit as true, and unless you do it, Lord, the preaching is in vain, the singing is in vain, and everything we do here is just games. But we turn our hearts to you, and we say, Lord, we are here for you. Work in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Open heart is what we're doing this month. Every Sunday for the rest of a month, we're going to talk about mostly Romantic relationships, yeah. As die bloosers, nee, hy is wie, wie bloos gauw gauw. Stig jou hand op. Vanavond gaan jy bloos. Ok, vanavond gaan jy bloos, Devin. Ok. Alright, because I'm not shy to talk about stuff such as sex. If we don't talk about it in the church, who's going to teach our people? Who's going to teach your children? Right? FHM magazine? Or the church. Okay? Mnet 101 or the church? Hopefully the answer is the church. It should be that way. So we're going to go for it. I'm calling tonight true love. You can write true love, true attraction, fiery love, fiery attraction, whatever you want. I've struggled with that tonight. Afrikaans, it was vierige liefde vanochtend. All right? Yes. I just want to start by saying every human being gets brought up in a different home unless you are siblings, all right? Maybe you are brought up in a different bed, all right? So you live different from other people and the way you grow up impacts immensely what you believe and how you view life. And people discovered that many years ago. They can take little children and make war uh, I almost want to say animals out of children by brainwashing them, right? Giving them guns, um, shouting at them the same things over and over up to a point where they believe I am made to kill. Can you believe that the human being can believe I'm actually designed to kill? It's true. It's true. Now, that might be an extreme example, but just take the principle. The place in which you grow up and the knowledge that washes over you day by day determines the window through whom through which you view life okay and the fact that there's many windows today to look at life relationships sex love marriage it's not a new thing all right it's not new it's been that way all along even in the old testament israel's view of marriage has been quite unique all along god's people have always been different but here's the thing you are out to fend for yourself unless you have an open heart towards God so that he can start to fight for you. Amen? This world shows us over and over and over and over that relationships that is not built on God ultimately end. Irreconcilable differences. South African Believers will write stuff like, we are getting a divorce because we love one another so much. It's nonsense. Okay, we see it over and over and over. If God is not there, think, think a bit about the people you look up to so much in your life that's got a fiery marriage. You ask the wife what's going on. She says, I love my husband like I love the Lord. Always comes back to that. And I just want to start with this tonight because I'm going to go for it. Firstly, I want to read the scripture. Then the man said, this 
at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. What happened at this moment is Adam gave names to all the animals. And then God said, I want to make him someone like himself. He made Eve, and um, this is what he said. This at last is someone like me, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. You know what the old Afrikaans translation said? Not Eve, mannen. <laughs> you didn't believe it, it's incredible. Imagine you call your wife, mannen, kom ga so. Coffee. Next thing you see a plate coming your way. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his what? Wife. Only Adam and Eve. Only Adam and Eve. Look at what the word that God uses here. It says, A man shall leave his father and his mother. Who is their father and mother? The Trinity. That's it. At that moment. Then he says, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And at that moment, Eve became the wife to Adam. Not soulmate, like a dung, girlfriend, wife. Okay? And there's a lot to learn from this because at this moment, there's no other woman on the earth. And as Adam looked, there's only one woman he can see and show it. And so it should still be. Can you see that? Your wife should be the only one, you see. Undivided attention, like Adam when he looked. And they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Let me just say this. God made the first marriage. He was there. He was the father that walked Eve down the aisle. Okay, if we can use imagery. So he's better than some, uh, you know, parents-in-law who can't let go. God, God send her <laughs> to, to Adam, you know. You know those parents. No. 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 And God made them in the way he made them on purpose. God made their sexual parts. Okay. God made it in a way that when a man looks at a woman that there's an attraction that comes up and he made it that way from the start. He didn't stumble upon them one day in the garden and they were behind a bush and he said, oh my head, what they're doing here. You know, he knew, okay. He knew where the attraction would lead. He made it that way and the parts fit well and they actually reproduce more of mankind. The smartest person in the world is God. Let's listen to him. Let's be humble. Let's open our hearts and listen to what he has to say for us. I just want to say this before we're going to jump into the sermon. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become white like wool. Let me just tell you, today, you are here today, and it doesn't matter where you've been in the past. It does matter, all right? But what Scripture says is where you've come from, if you turn your heart to God, it will not count against you going forward. Very important to understand. Let me just tell you, when you hear out of Scripture or from a preacher, that, and he is preaching the Word, and you are convicted and you feel, wow, I miss that, just know that God always invites you to himself. He never pushes you away. The world does that. The world divides, shames, will try and push you away, alienate you. God always brings you in. Just turn to the person next to you and say, God no yo eight. He's inviting you. See, God no yo eight. Okay? Know that. Because today, when I speak about the ideals of being a husband and a wife, it is very hard to get there. So let me just say, I don't get this right always. And so I need to hold on to that verse. Isaiah 8, 1 verse 18. Many days in my life. I'm just like, God, just wash me white. I, I just failed today. You know, as a father, you think it's hard being a husband. It, it, it is, but a husband and a father. You know, the Rice Krispies goes this way. The Kellogg's goes that way. The toilet paper comes down the way. You just feel, Lord, what a leader I am, you know. I'm a good leader of this house. You know, we'll just mix the milk with everything on the table and just eat it, you know. And, 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 
and, and, and um, you'll see for yourself one day. <laughs> but let me just say, if today you feel like a failure because you hear what God says, you are feeling the right feeling. Because there's a very big distance between where mankind ends up and where God can take you. All right, and that's why you can say, Lord, just take my hand and lead me in new paths. Amen. Just know that you just be encouraged tonight. Don't feel condemned. Know that He invites you. Romans 3 says, For all have sinned, all, 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 myself. I, I turned my heart to God. And I'm going to share a little bit more of my testimony next week. Next week, Brown and myself will take our testimonies as the script for the sermons, for Open Your Heart. Okay, we're going to teach you guys from what God has taught us, okay? But I'll give you just a quick taste. As a matric man, I ended up on a floor in a charismatic church. You know, you know those charismatic churches, we, we, we are tame, all right? We, okay? I'm talking, there's people running, there's people with flags. You don't know what that Tani is doing. There's a guy, he's, you know, he's, he's got like a blanket. And, and you're like, what's going on? And you're just, you're just focusing on the screen. You just hope no one comes up to you and asks you to do anything. And uh, the man said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, don't hold back. And I'm like, I'm not going. Next moment, I'm in front. I don't know how I got there. Crying, bawling my eyes up. And God saved me. Now, I thought I knew what love and relationship, what it is before that. But I realized I just damaged myself and other people. And so God had to do Isaiah 1 verse 18 in my life. And it was a journey to deliver me from what I thought relationships was, including pornography as a young man walking away from it and say, Lord, help me to be pure and start to work with my heart. And so I had my day and my journey. And the more I grow in God, the more I realize I really need him more and more and more. So really, really tonight when you feel, man, these people are perfect and I've messed up, that's just the devil speaking to you. The one part is right, yes, you've messed up, but so also everyone else. And so you can start today the same way I started also on, on a day. Amen? Let's, gonna, let's go for this. We're going to go to the Song of Solomon, and it's going to be epic. Take this out, out of the evening and read it to your friend. You're going to have a good laugh. So let's do it. The Song of Songs. Some of the points I'm going to discuss tonight, I've preached on it two years ago. So if you've been here, if you're part of the furniture, you'll know some of this, but we'll land it differently tonight. We're going to read the first 10 verses. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. She speaks. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. I, don't know, I mean, is there another way? <laughs> like, kiss me with your ear. You know, <laughs> but, but thanks for being clear. Um, kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oiled, pour out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. And then the others say, we will exalt. We will rejoice in you. We like what's happening here. They're saying, we agree. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Then she says, I am very dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me. Listen to her story. They made me the keeper of vineyards. But my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my, my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one, of, like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? And then he answers, If you do not know, O most beautiful among women, follow the tracks of a flock and pasture your young goats beside the shepherd's tents. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots, your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with strings of jewels. Right, we're going to talk about true love. We're going to talk about the things that causes people to fall in love 
and then stay in love beyond the layers of what is fleshly. Okay? Beyond the layers of just superficial love or lust. One of the things that keeps people going and that actually has the potential to become more powerful as you grow in God. Because these are the things you want to hold on to or look for if you are single and hope to marry. Be very careful what you esteem as important when you are single because that will determine maybe who you marry. Be very careful. So in one way I want to say if you are single tonight, you can say, thank you, Lord. You can train me in the way I should go. If you're already married and you made many mistakes, I'll tell you what, God can do miracles to help you and grow you and redeem you. Amen? That's what he does. She starts and she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Take note. For your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. You know, what, what's happening at this moment is she is noticing this man. This is a love story. Can we go back, please? She's noticing the man. Yeah, and you know, you see him on the car, and you then you look there, and you allow your gaze to go, and like, you know, and, you, and that's a little bit what's happening here, but she's been noticing him for a while. And this story is going to end up in a quite explicit, intimate language described. Um, they're going to marry at one stage. And you, if you read through the book, you'll pick up that um, there's a few times they will say, don't awaken love before it's time because they're burning for one another like we do, right? It's long, it's more than 2,000 years ago. God knows, okay, how you feel when you long for your fiancé or your girlfriend, and you need to just fight that thing at that moment, all right? Um, and then they get married, and then after that, the descriptions change. He starts even to say, your breasts are like two fawns, and he, and he actually describes parts of a body that is covered before they're married. So the whole journey is in here. But this is where it starts, and it's very important to take note here. She says there's something about this man that is like oil to pour out. But the oil they're talking about is a medicine oil. The Afrikaans say that salf. Your name is salf. What is salf? It helps. It helps. It verlicht pain. It helps you get healthy again. It's soothing. Okay? Who's ever been in the sun and then the first day at the beach, you're just so happy to be there. You say, oh, I'll put on sunscreen tomorrow and you come back that day. And you, I mean, you, you are red. Then, then someone brings the aftershave and it goes like, you're like, oh, you know, who knows that feeling? Okay, but then when the aftersun comes up, it's like, oh, I'm just going to lie on my tummy and let this aftersun do its work. And in a way, she's saying, man, there's something about this man that is so incredible. And you know what that is? It's not his, it's not his arms. Okay. That's not his car. It's his what? It's his name. It's his name. It doesn't mean I had a lekker naam. Okay, it's not what they're saying. It's not like, I see a lekker naam is John Luke of Sweetie. That's not what she's saying. When someone reference your name and speaks, they're about to talk about your character. They're about to say who you are as a person or how they perceive you. A few years back, a pastor spoke to me and gave me a great compliment. I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, you know what, Werner? There's something I want to tell you about Shofar. And I'm like, oh, what did our people do? Did we make trouble? <laughs> he says, you've got a good name in this town. That's what he said. You've got a good name. And it meant a lot to me because it takes a time to grow and influence people in a way. They say, you've a name in Okay, And so when she says, this man, your name is like oil pour out, it's actually the start of her attraction towards this man. And this attraction will lead to become very physical. But look at where she starts, your name. It also means it was not a love at first sight, she saw him for a moment. It, it takes time to know the character of a person to say, man, you've got a good name in this town. 
And she says this man's name is what gets her going. Very important. Men, your name or your godly character will be attractive to a godly woman. Know that. Know that. If we go back one slide, look at who notices it. Your name is well poured out, therefore the virgins loves you. Now don't get caught up in terms, we're not condemning you here if you are not a virgin and you wish you were. What this is saying is those who's also longing for purity looks at the man who is pure and they are attracted to it. That's all it's saying. Very important principle. Very important. And, and I don't want, I'm not bashing you guys with truth here, but just hear the principle. If a lady, a lady, I'm not thinking of any lady here, I'm just saying hear the principle uses her body and the way she dressed, maybe even her social media, to catch the eye of a man. Be very aware of who will come nearer. Because scripture says that those who have the pure in heart are attracted to those pure in heart. Change the way you dress if you have to. And hide the beauty beneath so that the right one comes nearer. Amen? Can you hear that? Who's going to teach our young ones? Who's going to teach our children? Because I'm telling you, it's, it's hot out there. These young girls in high school have no clothes. And many men have slept with them up to a place where they say, I don't know if I can ever trust a man again. No one trained them in the way they should go. And the scars are lasting. I'm telling you, sex is physical and more. Why do people, when they are 40-year-old, still cry and break down about a man that touched them in a way when they were four years old? 36 years later, boom, still a mess. It's not just physical. It's deeply spiritual. And so start this journey spiritual. Men, let your name, let it be said of you, a man after God's heart. True love, that last starts there. And I'm going to say it a few times. If you are married, and it started with the opposite of this. God knows how to redeem. All right? God knows. Nothing we say tonight is condemning you. It is inviting you. All right? It is inviting you in. God can heal any person. Right, let's go on. This is a woman. She's saying... I am very dark, but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark. Listen to what she's saying. She's saying that she's insecure about the way her skin looks. But she's got a little bit of an inner battle because she says, I'm dark, but I am lovely. She's saying there's something about me that's, that's amazing. There's something about me that I want you to see, but I, I, I'm just afraid that you don't get to see it because you only look at this. That's what she's saying. And why? why it's not that she's born uh, uh, with a darker skin. That's not what she's saying here. She says, the sun looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me and they made me the keeper of the vineyards. The boys had to do the work. What did they do? They sent her in. They left her in the fields. And so what she's trying to describe is that because I had to look and serve my family, I could not look out for myself. <coughs> so the vineyards, excuse me, so the vineyards did well and the family had food, but her own body took the shots for it. And she's a little bit insecure about this. Aren't we all? 
because she compares herself with the other ladies and they stayed indoors and they look like Snow White or something, I don't know. We do the same, we stand in front of a mirror and then we've got all these magazines there and we're like, oh my God, look at me and, you know. Look at the man, what he answers when she gets to him. He says, to her, your cheeks are lovely with ornaments and your neck string with jewels. So, there's ornaments hanging over her cheeks. Maybe she's trying to hide it. He says, listen, your cheeks are lovely. So, you know, you know we, we joke about this. He's not, <laughs> she comes to him. He sees something in her. Physically, she feels very insecure. But he doesn't tell her, but luckily you've got a good personality. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know what that means, okay? <clears throat> That's not what he says. Yo, but you've got a good sense of humor. You've got that going for you. No. He understands what she's been through. And he knew when no one of the family was there, she was in those vineyards, slaving away. And because of that, he looks into her eyes and he sees something that is much more attractive than just a body. He sees a woman with a story. He sees a woman who stood up and maybe took care of a whole family. And something about her story, something about what she's been through just brings him in. And it causes him to actually find her attractive as well on the outside. Everything about her is incredible. And so ladies, what I want to say is this. I want to talk about a love at last. Your beautiful servant heart will make you attractive to a godly man. You know, this is, a, this is very important, and for many of you, this is crossroads. It depends on who you want it to attract. Who do you want to come near? Because if you are, for example, I just use it as an example, at a stage we say, I don't, I don't really want a godly man. I just want a man. Then you don't have to worry about this. But I am a man, and I can tell you I find this very attractive in my wife. And as a young man at church already, you know, the blings didn't catch my eyes. I caught my eyes were attracted to, to ladies serving God and his church. I'm like, if, if she connects with God in such a way, then our house will surely be incredible. It's attractive to a godly man. So, uh, listen to this. We read over these stories too quickly. Um, Abraham sends his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac. We don't know the name of a servant. But he gets to a well and he says, Lord, if there's a woman willing to give water to my ten camels. Now, this morning, I get in my car and said, Camille and Camille Pat. And Eka says, Camille Pat. He says, come boys. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you, getting a drink for him is easy. Getting a drink for 10 camels, guess how many liters? 1,500. 150 liters per camel. Now, this woman is probably getting the water and then walking out of the well, unless it is one with, with a rope, which I don't think it is. It's probably like a well, it's almost like a little bit of a dam, like a fountain. Most probably. So, so, I mean, either she's going to get massive guns from just getting 1,500. That, that's shifting a workload of 1,500 kilogram, okay? That is massive if she had to pull it up. Then take it to the camels. Now, these things are drinking, they're pooing, they're peeing, because it takes time for one person to bring 1,500 liters while the servant is sitting there seeing the heart of a woman. She's probably finished at the end looking like someone who just came back from war. I mean, it's mud, it's remorse, it's the snow, this ulse. It's done. And the man's like, this is one. 
This is a one. Okay. Now, before you say, oh, I see where Werner is going with this. I'm not saying that women's, women should be servants and men not. Both should be. Should be. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm just going to read one scripture. This is why. For even the Son of Man cannot to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. All right? This is not mutually exclusive. But let me just tell you what. In a world where you are not allowed to, tell any, to uh, assign a name to someone because then you're being rude. I mean, these days, there will come a time where you no longer can tell, uh, can tell a girl, wow, you're a beautiful young woman. Who are you to say I'm a woman? That's where we're going. You're, you're a great dad. Who are you to say I'm a dad? Just call me Mr. Harry. Okay, I'm telling you now, God has no issue with giving, telling people what to do and who they are. And the church should be different. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus says, I will do what I see the Father do. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Then the Spirit says, you don't even have to, you don't even have to mention me always because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shine a light on the sun. And Scripture is clear. The Father's authority, the Son is the Son, the Spirit lifts up the Son. God doesn't have an issue within the Trinity to find a place to serve and to belong. And from that place, God just says, men, you need to lead. And women, you need to follow and serve. It's just what it is. That doesn't mean she never leads. And that doesn't mean he never serves. But here's a problem. If he never leads, we have a problem. Okay? We have a problem. Someone needs to be authority in the home for the kids. And if she never serves, we have a problem. And we're going to show you why at the end. All right? And then what God has done in his providence, in his ultimate wisdom, is he made these two things very attractive. Ask the, a, a woman, a Christian woman, about a fiancé, what attracts me? Such a leader. Amen? But the way he leads, ooh, I mean, these feet just want to follow. That's what she'll say. And then you ask him, you know, what do you find so attractive about her? You know, for me, she's not attractive. My wife's not attractive. You know, you know, everything about the way she carries herself around me, it's just mind-blowing. All right? And God made it that way. Let's go on. Tell me, she goes on, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? What she's saying to this man is, I want to go for coffee. That's basically it. Okay, can we meet? Can we meet? I want to rendezvous with you. You know, you go that way, I go this way, and then we meet somewhere where we can just sit and talk, the two of us. Yeah, I like your parents, but, you know, we need to get out and just, you know, can we just go to the Inky Dam and just sit and chat? Okay? She wants to meet with him. Very important what she says. She says, where can I find you? I want to know exactly where you are. Because those, the women who veiled themselves alongside the roads, were women that was in the sex industry. Some of these men were in the fields for days, and they would be intimate with these women and give them of their food or milk or meat. All right? It was a way to, to live. It was very harsh in those days. Very harsh. And that's why often when a man died, his brother would take in his wife because they would die. It was harsh times. Okay? And, and she's giving this man a message. She says, when you see me coming, and I also want to make sure when I go that I go directly to you. I never want you to have a perception of me that I've been hanging around the wrong places and you are just one of the many. You are the only one. The only one. Where do you go? 
at noon. And I'm going to leave at 11.30 and I'm going to walk straight to you. He says, follow, follow the tracks. The Afrikaans say, where the That's where the chops is. She's like, amen. <laughs> I'm not in the market, is what she's saying, for others. I want to know who you, you are, where you are. And then he answers and he says, if you do not know, O most beautiful among women, follow the tracks of a flock. He gives her the address, exactly where to go. Isn't that incredible? You want to keep love alive? You want to build true love? Listen to what Scripture says. Number three, exclusivity is essential for godly love to flourish. You need to show, even when you're single, I know this is hard and it's a little bit of an analogy and you, it's hard to get your hands on it, but even when you're single, something needs to come out of you that you are a one-woman man. At the moment, they're speaking about the woman, but it goes both ways. Or you are a one-man woman. A godly man or godly woman wants a sense of exclusivity. A sense of a mystery that's hidden for you, but, but definitely out of, out of bounds for any other, peop- any other person. You want to destroy marital intimacy? Bugger with that of exclusivity, even if it's a magazine with naked women in it, it'll break the heart of your wife. They're not saying it, but all the women are thinking, amen, okay? And the other way as well, right? Exclusivity is attractive to both bodies. And it's a very important ingredient that sustains the marriage bed or marriage intimacy in marriage. Amen? Draw me after you, let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. The others say, we will exalt and rejoice. The others join in. All right, they're like, yeah, this, basically this is what the community is saying as these two are falling in love. They're saying, go, 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 go. Okay, that's what's happening here, all right? And so the fourth thing I want to say about true love is the community has a supporting role to play in your love story. Know that, right? We can just... See that next slide, please. Thank you. The community has a supporting role to play. If you are married, you need to get them around you. If you are single, you need to be surrounded by people who loves you, that knows when someone comes into your life, whether it's trouble or good news. And you know what? Most of the time, the people that love Jesus, that's your friends, they're very accurate with this. Very, very. Because they're not emotionally involved. All right? Uh, it's very hard to hear your friends saying, don't go there when you want to, but it can save you a heartbreak. Amen? The community has a supporting role to play. We, we've, we're a bunch of married people that, that has relationships like this, and when a, when a friend of mine comes to me, they know I will never say an ill word about their wives. Never. And they never expect me to. They're allowed to vent, but immediately I start to building them back together. And they, for me, that's the heart of, and the role of a community in your marriage. And that's a beautiful thing. Out there in the world, you say a bad thing about your husband, then, then the woman says, Jij nog in my man gesien nie. Jij dink dis erg. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us to also fight for one another's marriages. Amen? Now, what does, that, what does that mean for us? Okay, that's a nice few love stories, and I think most of you believe that is true, but what does it mean for us in the kingdom of God? We're almost done. Just a ticky person along here and say, so bloos nie. Okay, so, um, and I want to make you mad, but I might, but just, just read with me and understand why God works the way he does. He's not random, all right? 
Ephesians 5, 22. It says, wives submit to your own husband. We just see that servant heart. It's all it's saying. Okay? For the husband is the head of a wife. God is assigning roles. The world doesn't like it. Even as Christ is the head of a church. In Corinthians it says, and God is the head of Christ. And Jesus would say, amen. Okay? Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. In certain things, everything, it's a hard word. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved a church and gave himself up for her. So the husband's got the bad deal here because they need to die for their woman, all right? The husband, you're calling his death. For the wife, you're calling his servant heart, all right? That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Therefore, a man shall leave his wife. We see Genesis 2 coming back. Oh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. Hold fast. Do not leave your wife. Except when you go to the grocery store. But come back quickly with chocolates. And all the women says, Amen. <laughs> this mystery is profound. I'm saying, listen up, that it refers to Christ and the church. What is the meaning of marriage in the new covenant? Listen up if you're single. Listen up. It's important. I'm going to give you two examples, then we're going to finish off. If we can just go to slide 19, please. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is ahead, even if... As Christ is the head of the church. Okay. So you're a woman. Where's a married woman? Hands up. Okay, this is going to be a tough one. Okay. Okay. Someone comes to church, has an encounter with God. They're like, man, Jesus is so amazing. And they come to you. And they say, I don't know how to speak to God. I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed. In fact, I, I hated God. I never, I never had a Bible. I'm going to start reading the Bible, but it says something about read your Bible, pray. And, and how, how, do, how do I speak to God? How do I behave towards God? And then the wife can answer. Are you ready? As you perceive me speaking to my husband, so you can speak to him. As you view and observe my heart towards him, so break your heart to God. Can you feel the weight of the calling of being a married woman? It is high. And some people say, what? <laughs> I must shout at God? I must cuss him out? I must, I, I must give him a cold shoulder? Marriage is sacred. It is not a game. It's not a place for manipulation. It's not a place for a struggle of power. It's a place for godly leadership and servant hearts to find one another. Be a mirror for God. What a calling to be a wife. Scripture says marriage is something you get called in. Did you know that? There's also people that's called to be single. They call it a gift. Apostle Paul. It's a calling. It's not just a state. It doesn't mean you have someone that cooks for you. It's deeper. It means you have a calling and the opportunity to reveal worship, to be in a shadow of it. If someone comes to your home, ladies, who loves to host? Who loves to have people and make the place pretty? If someone come there and they have a meal with you and your husband, they should leave there. Whoa! What did we just experience? There was something between these two people that just blows me away. But I can't put my finger on it. It's Jesus that's walking between them, making up the covenant. Isn't that powerful? What about the men? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her. A man comes to you. Let's keep um, Yanda and Maria busy tonight. So Maria, a man comes to you. And he says, yo, I've got, someone invited me to church. Something happened. I, I feel emotional. I, I've given my heart to Jesus. And, but, but here's a problem. My dad walked away when I was five 
And between the ages of one and five, he beat me with his fist. I have no, I have no recollection of a loving father. How can God be a father? I hate fathers. I'm not sure how this works. I mean, I, I, I want to call him God, but I don't even want to call him father. What is his heart towards me? Can you just help me here? What is the father heart of God? And then you can answer. Have you seen how I've covered my wife? And how I've led her? Making sure she's okay. That's God's heart for you. Have you observed how I try and plan everything in our home in a way that she'll be okay? And how I pray for her because I am concerned and I love and want to provide for her and want to make sure that when she gets hurt that, that I can carry her through. That, that's hot, God's heart towards you. Men, can you sense the calling? If we can just go to that slide with the four things on there. Do you understand why number one and two is so incredibly attractive to believers? Because Jesus is in there both. The one who leads and the one who washes feet. That's why if a woman, listen to me what I'm saying and because it's true. A woman can be extremely beautiful on the outside, but very quickly lose her attractional force if this goes out the back door. Because God has wired you actually in your spirit to be attracted to God. And so God in your spouse is what's more attractive. And here's a great thing. When the gray hairs come, and when the lines on the face come, the things that's essentially attractive gets more attractive. And we, I didn't understand it as a young man, but I had people 50, 60 years old in marriage prep saying, sex gets better every year in our marriage. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> now I know. Because spiritually, these are the things we long for and desire. And think about it. You get into the relationship quickly, but remember why you broke up. That wasn't there. And maybe you get taken into the next relationship by outward features again, and then when you break up, it's that. Amen? God is smart, and he wants you to fall in love and stay in love and grow. Have an open heart to hear what he has to say for you. All right, go home, think about this. Lie in your bed, put the phone away, close your eyes and think. And you will discover that God has placed parts of himself in us that we can grow. And that's what keeps love alive. Amen? Let's stand up in this place tonight. I just want to pray a few prayers for us and at the end when I dismiss this meeting, um, we're going to be a lot of people here in front and if you and uh, your wife or you and your husband or as a single person just want to pray with someone, maybe you just want to leave something behind that happened in your life and you want to look for it, then we're going to be a bunch of people in front ready to receive anyone with a prayer request. You can come with your wife, you can also come alone, um, but, but, but let's just respond as a group. If you would be so kind, just for a moment to close your eyes and just breathe. We worship you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you and we have so much respect for you. So much respect. And I know tonight the greatest enemy facing people in this place is regrets. I know it, I know it, because I know how it feels, um, and shame, and, and having the perception that some of these people are okay because they figured it out when they were young, and, but I've messed it up. I don't know how God's going to redeem it. I genuinely don't know. But I want to promise you, 
that he invites you in. I want to promise you that. And your journey might be very unique, but God is not pushing you away the way the previous person maybe did or the way you push yourself away. All right? And Lord, I just pray for the, over these people as they're just standing here. I just want to pray over them for the heart of Christ to be developed in both the men and the women, Lord. And those servant hearts, Lord. The heart of Jesus that was modeled when he washed the feet of the disciples and was willing to lay himself down in both the men and the women. Those serving hearts that's so attractive for us, Lord. Christ in us. <laughs> the hope of eternal glory, but actually also the hope for love. To be built on a solid foundation. You know best, Lord. You know best. I just want to make a moment here while every eye is closed. and Don't be afraid. I know this is fragile. I, I really won't call anyone forward. You can come afterwards if you want to. But while every eye is closed, I want to create a moment for you just to remember in a moment to stand on if the enemy comes and tempts you. And what I want to ask you, if you need to just make a massive U-turn when it comes to these things, then I want you to quickly put up your hand and say, I'm just committing to do this. Okay, I need to make a U-turn. One, two, three. Thank you for those hands. Thank you so much. Just keep your hand up. No one's looking in this place. Also, if you feel you're through it, but it's like this is a vine key. It's called Psalm. And, and you, you're just ready to say, Lord, I'm giving my baggage, my past to you, and I'm, I'm going into the future. Lead me. If that's you, just also put up your hand. Very high. So that's me. I'm just leaving behind. Okay? Don't be afraid. Just, just indicate to God. It's a, a moment for you. And then here's another group. Maybe you've never messed up, but you're just so tense. You're so tense. And you're like, you don't know how it's going to work out, and you're afraid, and you're actually afraid, you know, to, to, be, to be married. You, you're afraid because you don't know how it's going to end. I want to tell you that God is going to be there with you all the way, all right? Just put up your hand if that's yours. Being afraid. Where's those afraid people? Okay. Thank you for those hands. Lord, as hands are up in the air, they're not making commitment towards me or Shofar or anyone, but they're talking with you and they're crying out for help, Lord. And Holy Spirit, right now, come and do a work in this place. Just come and move through this place. Thank you that you are causing people, Lord, to leave their past behind and grow in you. It's not just forget about it and looking another way, but dealing with it and moving on. You're willing to help people with that, Lord. Lord, for those that's making the 180 degree turn, Lord, just turning around, just turn their boat, just help them, Lord. Just help them. There's nothing as sweet as repentance. There's nothing, nothing as sweet as turning around. And then, Lord, for those that's so afraid, Lord, some of them have said, you know what, I'd actually rather be single for the rest of my life. Lord, if it, if it is in your heart for them to marry, then we pray that they will conquer those fears in the name of Jesus and move on. You can help them with that. You can lower your hands. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone.